Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the news agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by uh, the mirrors. The, if I actually had my script up, this would help. <laughs> and I'm a bit, I've got the leg again, I'm not too great. The mirrors deputy online political editor, Lizzie Bakken. Good morning, Lizzie. Good morning. <laughs> got that in the end. <laughs> it was not in the same uh, Beirut hotel room as uh, Ben Glaze was on Monday, but uh, is in, a, in the same hotel because uh, she's also at Tory conference as Ben was. And we're going to be discussing what's going on there today. Um, now, this is the People's Paper Review. So get into the comments, ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcast are just going to have to keep an eye on the pork markets instead, because this is Happy Liz Truss speech day. So what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on the fact that Rebecca Vardy has to pay £1.5 million to Colleen Rooney's lawyers after losing her libel case, in large part because the judge decided she had destroyed and falsified evidence, which seems fair enough to me. Uh, the world's smallest violin can also be a very expensive one sometimes. But inside, we move to the main event of the day, which is whether or not the Prime Minister will survive Tory conference. Now, Liz Truss, as I said, will be giving her keynote speech today, hopefully not in a high-vis jacket, less than a month after taking over and after the most disastrous four weeks that anyone can remember a Prime Minister having. The Queen died, the pound tanked, a screeching U-turn on the budget did nothing at all to reduce the increased mortgage rates lots of voters are now having to pay as a result. Now, Lizzie, this was supposed to be her coronation, this conference. She was supposed to swan in, uh, be applauded by the party faithful and her MPs as their third female prime minister. It hasn't really turned out like that, has it? No, I mean, if you'd said a couple of weeks ago that we would be where we were, we are now, I, I don't think I'd have believed it. At the start of September, Truss had spent the summer doing all of these different hustings. She like stormed ahead in the leadership race against Rishi Sunak. Everyone, she was the darling of the Tory party. Everyone was sort of saying, it, you know, all Conservative members were really excited about her. And, you know, coming forward to now where I've never seen a Conservative conference like this and talking to colleagues who've been in Westminster for a lot longer than I have, no one really, there's not really a parallel for something like the discipline in the party has totally fallen apart. Like, you know, we started conference with this U-turn on their on the 45p top rate of income tax, which they'd said that they weren't going to U-turn on. And the Chancellor had even briefed the papers at 10 p.m. Um, on Sunday night that that wasn't going to happen. So it that once that happened, it sort of triggered a series of just in extraordinary interventions from all over the party. Um, I mean, serving cabinet ministers arguing yesterday, what the Home Secretary ac accused some of her colleagues of mounting a coup. Like, it's just, it's pure chaos here. Everywhere you go, there are people like briefing, like bitching about each other, panicking, and it's just an extraordinary atmosphere. It's, I mean, it's you very, it. very interesting. <laughs> you absolutely love it. 
Yes, we do. Yeah, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> in the last sort of few years, the chaos has been very much in the Labour Party and going to Labour conference was a bit like that. This Labour conference, um, I can I know that lots of the political journalists on all sides were going, this is so boring. They're really professional. They've really got it together. No one's giving us anything. This is rubbish. Uh, and then Tory conference happens and yay, the chaos junkies all get their high again. And I think to some extent it's probably played out in the rest of the country as well. We want this kind of drama. We're so used to it now. Now, Mike says, morning, Mike. At least Simon Brodkin waited until Theresa May was on stage before handing her the P45. Tory MP has been doing this to Liz Truss all week. Uh, Simon Brodkin is, of course, the uh, japester, I suppose is the best way to describe mm. him, who handed Theresa May in 2017 her P45 on the stage, which I think was the same year that the stage fell down and she got a frog in her throat and everything yeah. just went horribly, horribly wrong. That was a bad conference, but not as bad as this. Like, that speech was a disaster, but, you know, the days leading up to it weren't like this. Yeah. So, but yeah. Theresa May, you know, was considered a bit wooden and robotic, but... Mm. Uh, Liz's speeches are things of, of historical significance. They're so bad. The pork markets won. The disgraceful cheese. Um, she's not. She's not brilliant at delivery. You and your colleagues are going to be sitting there waiting for the the uh, the meme, aren't you, to pop up? I would have thought so. I mean, I think you know. It's. A, I mean, on a you know, on a serious note, there is. It is a really important moment for her. Like. People are going to be watching, really scrutinising absolutely everything she does. Obviously, people like, you know, the journalists are, are going to be watching for any kind of, any gaffes, anything stupid, any any awkward, you know, awkward moments, which she's known for. Um, but also, obviously, for a sense of what kind of direction they're taking, because there's been all these promises that they're not going to U-turn, that they're not going to change on this, but already things are starting to disintegrate a bit. And so we, we kind of need to get a sense of, where where she's going to go forward from this and what kind of tone she's going to take with her own party with her MPs and whether she can you know whether this speech is a sign that she can turn things around or not yeah what I, I'm quite keen on seeing is how the how the pound reacts every time she says mm. something if only there was some way that the, the mirror video team could actually have like instead of the caterpillar of public opinion polls along the bottom of the screen actually have the uh, you know the sterling up and down <laughs> she's speaking Quite interesting. Yeah. I think the city traders probably want her to to do something like that. We are going to be watching it live later mm. on, on this channel, so make sure you come back and have a look. We have the stream that's going to be on here. Um, I keep asking us your questions. What do you think Liz should be saying in her speech? What would you like to hear? Um, obviously, don't just say resignation, please. Uh, but is there something serious you want her to do? Now, as I was saying, this is supposed to be her coronation. It was actually more like a death march. Lizzie, because there's a lot of MPs staying away, not least mm. because most of them didn't vote for her, but they also don't want to be ambushed by journalists as they walk around the venue. There's also lots of activists, apparently not completely thrilled by the new ministers. And we've got a little video here of Therese Coffey, the health secretary, addressing uh, the conference yesterday. There they are. Isn't that? They've, they've obviously been living it large the night before and they've got a serious dose of conference flu. Mm -hmm. um, they're not exactly invigorating the crowds. The party faithful are not hopping up and down going, great, we've got a true Tory prime minister in quite the same way the Daily Whale has been doing, are they? No, there's a very strange atmosphere. It almost feels a bit like people are slightly resigned to the fact that that 
this might be it, that it's basically over, that they've had 12 years and that this they're probably not going to win the next election. Like, I went to a panel of a really interesting panel event on Sunday with uh, a woman called Rachel Wolf, who co-wrote the 2019 Conservative Manifesto. And in it, she sort of basically said, I don't think there's any way the Conservatives can win in 2024. Um, and so did another pollster on the panel called James Johnson, who also used to work in Downing Street. They were both just saying, you know, I don't see a way that they can recover from this. Um, they've not got a mandate, all of this. And the audience sort of just sat there, like no one really booed or like raised any concern about it. They all just sort of sat there and took it. And because I think that's, some of them are already starting to see that they're concerned that that they're probably not going to win. And I think the contrast, as you were saying, from, from Labour conference in Liverpool, you know, we've had a few quite chaotic Labour conferences over the years, but the one last weekend was incredibly professional. It was, you know, hardly any gaffes, hardly anything went wrong. Um, and the atmosphere there was really different. It was that, you know, people couldn't almost couldn't believe that actually... Powell looked like suddenly it was in grass for the first time and that there were all these business people there. There was loads of money swirling around that conference, loads of, you know, like ambassadors trying to get tickets to, you know, with the mirror, the mirror party, which is always a, you know, a good night, but not something necessarily that ambassadors want to come to um, as a sign that power is shifting. Uh, you know, uh, maybe ambassadors get a, get a sudden attack of taste. Too. It's not all Ferrero Rocher. Uh, now, Leslie says, will she be calling for a general election in her speech? As you were saying, Lizzie, um, she doesn't have a mandate for what she's doing. A lot of the stuff, as Nadine Dorries, the lunatic Nadine Dorries, has quite sensibly pointed out, the stuff that they were elected on in 2019 is stuff she's throwing out the window. Um, yeah. And the stuff that she's suggesting and stuff in the budget speech, the task customs are not what they were voted in to do so her majority depends entirely on boris johnson's promises which she's abandoned how long is that going to be sustainable for that's the big question we really don't know because the 2019 manifesto is like where the tories are now is it's unrecognizable um and liz trust is obviously because of the system that the conservatives have where because they're in power they're able to elect a new leader without going to the country. You've got a situation where Liz Truss has been elected without having to fight a general election through a really small number of, of you know, the Conservative membership is a very small proportion of the, the general public. And not only that, she didn't even get a majority of MPs when that contest was happening because they whittle it down, you know, they do MPs to down to a final two and then they go to members. So Rishi Sunak won more MP support than she does. So she doesn't have a majority of support amongst her own party in Parliament. And she doesn't have a majority in the country because the public voted for Boris Johnson's, you know, sort of levelling up, getting Brexit done, public spending, like that sort of thing, instead of there was nothing about tax cuts in that. And so it becomes incredibly difficult because you go to the public and you say, you voted for me for this, but I want to do something completely different. And I'm not asking your permission. And also you say to the MPs who are like, we didn't vote for this. And then you even have the Tory electorate who voted for her on a manifesto that, yes, was about tax cuts, but didn't include half of the things that she's talking about now. It's so you're Exactly. You know, some of the stuff they voted for perhaps have been brought in in a different way, a bit more slowly, a bit more considered, one thing at a time. You might have, you might have got what you asked for, but doing it all at once. Nah. Yeah. 
Now, you've got to take people, you've got to try and explain to people why you're doing things. And I think, you know, they keep saying, oh, maybe we, we, we had a bit of a comms problem or whatever. And it's like, well, yes, you have, you just suddenly, you've panicked everyone, the markets, you've panicked everybody because you've not explained anything about why you're doing. And I think in her speech today, she's supposedly going to try and say, you know, try and explain a bit about what she's doing. But the, the words we were given last night, you know, are, are not. I wouldn't say particularly reassuring. They say, you know, a little bit of disruption is necessary for change, which I think people who are staring down the face of, you know, have lost their mortgage deals are like really struggling on loads of different issues are going to think that disruption doesn't sound that good. And also she says that everyone's going to benefit from the economic growth that she says is going to happen. But I don't, there's no explanation of how. No, or indeed where in fact it's coming from. Um, it's, it's mad because in the last few years we've sort of been on a on a bus being driven wildly out of control by a succession of, of prime ministers. The first one took us down the wrong path into austerity, which caused growth to collapse. Then the one after that was trying to deal with someone else stealing the, the wheel in terms of Nigel Farage and careered off the road entirely. Boris Johnson cut the brakes. Um, and now actually we're at the point where Liz Truss has taken over the bus and Boris Johnson suddenly seems like a calm and sensible pair of hands, which is um, an astonishing situation to be in. And yesterday, like you said, we had Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, criticising other cabinet ministers and other MPs and saying they've staged a coup trying to bring down the prime minister. I mean, I quasi quarting, blaming the fact his budget was such a disaster on the fact the Queen had the bad timing to die just before he was about to do it as though that's me I didn't do my maths or check my sums because the queen died and I was so busy laughing at her funeral that I I couldn't actually do the homework that I was supposed to do it's not the kind of excuse that really wins any fans over especially in the conservative party which has got a lot of quite serious wealthy people who can do sums in its ranks who don't like this have we had sort of a collapse of collective responsibility, you think? Because the, the government's got all this infighting going on, and that normally happens at the end of a government, not not at the start. Yeah, it's totally fallen apart. I mean, and not just not just in one direction. It's they're all fighting each other all the time. Like it's sort of the dam sort of broke yesterday when Penny Morden, the who's the leader of the House of Commons, criticised the government's dislike the government's path on because they're talking about basically not uprating benefits in line with inflation, which means uh, effectively a real times cut for people on on benefits. Um, and Penny Morden and a number of other people said this was all right. Other people started weighing in on the other sides. You know, Jacob Rees-Mogg's been wandering around, sort of just criticising random bits of government policy. Like yesterday, <laughs> he was he was having a go at the junk food, you know, that some of the junk food strategy and saying that people should be allowed to have Jake, um, Terry's chocolate oranges at um, checkouts and that the public should go and put them back there because, you know, they were removed to try and stop people from buying them. It's, you know, it's mad. Like, I, I don't know, he was just wandering around saying that stuff. And then you've got quite an interesting cohort of sacked ministers, you know, lots of whom were quite loyal to Rishi Sunak, like Michael Gove, who are all over the place, just like stirring things up, criticising the government, you know, who are all very, actually very experienced and command respect across the party so yeah it's pure chaos 
Marvellous. Now, Angela says, who's going to put Cruella Bravma on the first plane to Rwanda on a one-way ticket? The Home Secretary was filmed at a Fringe event yesterday saying that her dream was planes taking off to Rwanda. She didn't mention whether there'd be any migrants on board. But to answer your question, Angela, seeing as Cruella Braverman is not fleeing war and in desperate need of help, she wouldn't be on the plane to Rwanda. So no. Um, now, Leslie says, will Trust be able to explain how we can have economic growth when she's taking money from the people who would create that growth? The argument, uh, as far as Trust is concerned, Lizzie, is, is that only the, the wealthiest people are the ones who make the money. The poorest people who do all the damn work to make the money are not part of the growth. That's their argument, isn't it, really? Only the top matters. Well, it sort of seems to be because one of the flagship parts of the mini budget was tax cuts for the, you know, cutting, getting rid of the 45p income tax rate, which saved sort of £10,000 a year for, I think it was 660,000 of the richest people in Britain. Like, you know, and whereas everything about her tax cutting programme was basically the, um, you know, weighted to benefit the wealthier more than the poorest in terms of things like, and also people living in London and the South East rather than the North and the rest of the country, such as the stamp duty car, the cuts to income tax, the reversing of the national insurance rise. None of these things are really helping people. Um, and so it's a really confusing path because on the one hand they've said they've set out this massive energy bill support program um which is universal and is obviously going to help households with their bills this this winter but then they're cutting taxes all over the place that they say is going to stimulate growth but they don't really explain why i mean your point is good leslie but we don't really know why or how that's going to work and they keep just saying well we're going for growth we're unashamedly pro-growth but I don't really know what that means for me and I don't think many people do. No exactly uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg has obviously plugged growth of waistlines beyond that we don't really have any explanations at all. David says there's a perfect storm in the housing market just as he's inherited his mother's and father's home there's lots of people who are um, who are having a house right now who have to sell who have to rent who have to do something right now because they're moving a job or something else is happening in their lives uh, and they're going to be actually stuffed by some of the mortgage rates and the interest rates that are changing. Angela says Braverman could be fleeing the impending war in her own third world party. Well, maybe, yeah, the Tories are all going to be refugees and clamouring to get to Rwanda. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, but very quickly, Lizzie, before we move on to the next story, what do you rate? Because everyone's talking about how long they can last and whether Trust really is going to have to resign or Quasi is going to have to resign. How long do you think we've got this government for? Do we really look at 2024? Hard, very hard to say. Um, 2024 feels like a long time away right now. And <laughs> I think, you know, it's very hard to predict anything at the moment because there's so much chaos. It, it You know, events just seem to be unfolding at a rate of knots. But I would say that as things stand at the moment, you wouldn't be able to continue to 2024 at this rate. Like, you know, Liz Truss has to be able to control her party. Otherwise, she's not going to be able to govern. And you get to a point like in 2019 with Theresa May, where like the parliamentary party effectively became ungovernable. She couldn't get anything through parliament and eventually she had to resign. Oh, um, yes. And so... If, if Liz Truss can't get this together, if she can't reassure, she can't discipline the party, reassure them that she's in control, then there is, they're going to have to think 
very seriously about what they do because ultimately, you know, Liz Truss can call an election if she wants, um, but they're not going to want to do that because they're going to think that they're going to lose. But also she may run out of options if she isn't able to do anything. And, you know, some Tories are already submitting letters of no confidence to the 1922 committee, but I just don't see how they can have a third leader this year. I, I just don't think the public will wear that. Like and um, so, I, do, I can see when they when they go back to Parliament in the very near future that um, they won't be able to get the legislation through necessary for the budget. Yeah. Labour would start tabling votes of no confidence, and they just yeah. take one week until eventually the Tories and the backbenchers go. No, you're right. Yeah, and you're not right. being able to, you know, voting against a budget is a confidence issue. Like, yeah. you know, anyone who did that would probably would anyway expect to lose the whip. And the party chairman was talking, threatening everyone at the weekend that they were going to lose the, you know, lose the whip, which means you can't, you're no longer a Conservative MP, you sit as an independent. Um, but if enough of them do, you decide that they're going to do that, then they're not going to take the whip from 80 people. And so... No, yeah, exactly. They would have to, wouldn't they? They would end up with nobody left to whip. Yeah. And then the Tory um, employees who wanted to save their seats and their jobs might go, well, I'm going to be independent of this lot until it's sorted out in the future. Interesting times that we live in. Now, we have to move on to the next story. Neil says Gove is going to replace her. <laughs> Let's wait and see, shall we? It'll be a worse than Michael Howard, that one. Um, so on to other news. Well, it's sort of the same, really. But the whole reason the budget veered so much to the libertarian right was because Truss absolutely would not countenance and was repelled by the idea of a windfall tax on energy bosses because this would, she said, stifle growth and choke investment. But on page six, the boss of Shell, which recently chalked up a £17 billion profit in just six months, and he is the latest, just the latest energy boss to say this, plenty of them have said the same, is saying there ought to be a windfall tax. Lizzie, why isn't the government, if all the energy bosses are lining up to say we want to give them some free money and get them out of this hole, billions of pounds are there for the taking, why isn't the government grabbing it with both hands? Is it just ideology? Yeah, I think so. I mean, ultimately, they, Liz Trusk, all the way through the leadership contest, kept saying, I don't like windfall taxes. They're not conservative. It's not something I want to do. She obviously wanted to cut personal taxes, which is why we've had all these rows about income tax and that sort of thing. So they didn't want to tax energy bosses because, you know, they, they think that it deters investment, that sort of thing. When, in fact, all the way through, the energy bosses have been being like, honestly, do the windfall tax, we're fine with it, because they're making so much money. And also they understand, and you can see this, I think, from this, you know, the Shell chief executive, I think it's called Ben Van de Berwen, um, or Ben de Berwen, who is... Um, you know, I mean, it's terrible PR for them, basically, to be raking in massive profits to whilst people are really struggling to pay their fuel bills. So, you know, a lot of them are coming out and saying it, it's better for them to pay more tax and to say to suggest this stuff than to have like lose the reputational damage it do is, does to them to see those huge profits compared to the challenges that facing ordinary people. And yeah. so, you know, a lot of them or you. You can be charitable and say a lot of them feel that they've got a social responsibility. It's one of the two. But, um, you know, I think the energy bosses have been saying for a while that they were fine with it. But the Chancellor and the PM are just not having it. And Liz Truss said it in her first PMQs that she didn't want to win full tax. And I don't know whether party conference will change that. I suspect that the next... Um, 
that the next financial statement, which we're, we're expecting next month, which is going to set out some more details around their plans, will include some more more stuff about a windfall tax, but maybe they'll try and fudge it a bit. Um, they they need to find the money. Yeah, if they need the cash. But and to be fair, Rishi Sunak didn't want a windfall tax either, although Tory voters did and the country did. Mm. Uh, now, Pauline Very said, popular with the country, definitely, but they don't like it because Labour wanted it as well. Yes, well, practicality does sometimes trump ideology, in fact, mm. quite most of the time. Now, Pauline says there needs to be a general election now. Uh, John says the mirror is scaremongering again. John, it wasn't us that tanked the pound, mate. It wasn't us that put the rates up. Uh, and it certainly wasn't the mirror that's putting people on planes when they probably ought to be in a hostel at the very least. Uh, the scary stuff, genuinely, it's just, it's just what we're telling you. Don't shoot the messenger, mate. Um, we're all trying our best. Now, we have some more, we'll wrap up some questions at the end. So if you've got anything else you want to, to ask us, get in the comments now and we'll have a little wrap at the end. What do you think about Liz Truss's chances? What do you think about a general election? Should there be a windfall tax? Is the mirror terrifying people unnecessarily? Do let us know. Um, but first off, there is some good news in the world and it was at Tory conference. And here it is. Michael Gove has become a socialist, sort of, um, a tiny bit. Now, here he is uh, saying that all pupils in an ideal world should get free school dinners, which is a campaign run by the Mirror and the National Educational Union and not, as far as I can recall, ever been a conservative policy. Uh, it's also not scaremongering if John's still watching. Um, but they usually just want free dinners for themselves, of course, the Tories, but... Here he is. Michael Gove has urged the government to extend it to, at the very least, every household that's on universal credit, which is what Marcus Rashford has been asking about for donkey's years. Lizzie, is this proof that uh, even Tories have a heart or at least that they read the mirror? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, you could. My jaw was on the floor with this yesterday. I I help with this campaign and we've been working really, really hard to try and get you know, politicians interested in it, trying to get it over the line. And I, there was this event with um, Henry Dimbleby, who used to be the government's food czar, who wrote Boris Johnson's food strategy. So I went along, Michael goes there, and suddenly he starts saying all this stuff about how he wants everyone to have free school meals. Sort of, I, you know, I was like, Comrade Gove has joined our campaign. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting intervention from him. He been obviously causing a bit of trouble for Liz Truss around uh, conference and you know being quite critical of the government's agenda. He's been quite critical about their plans on benefits, but it was unexpected that he had he kind of came out on this, and there was a lot of interest in it. And it is quite interesting that you can kind of see that maybe he's trying to position, a, sort of trying to lead a cohort of Tories. Coming down the line in a couple of years, maybe. exactly. That he's trying to find a sort of one nation conservative caring thing where he kept going, you know, helping people out in a time of crisis is not socialist. So, you know, we'll see what where that goes. But my I tweeted it and I've had messages constantly just people being like, I don't know how to feel about this because I hate Michael Gove, but this is a good idea. So, yeah. we're all I'm on the fence. On that. Um, if you're watching Michael, causing crises isn't particularly conservative, but you seem to mm. keep it. Now, Jeanette says, what are they going to do about the huge mental health crisis that they're causing? Why is it acceptable to have more food banks than McDonald's in 2022? This country is a shambles. Just the stress 
of listening to the news and hearing what they're doing, even before some of it's enacted, is causing people to have anxiety attacks and fret about their money worries and everything else. Um, there, there is more than just politics involved here, isn't there, Lizzie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, all of this is just the the noise about what is how you know how you find the best way to help people live their lives and i think sometimes it's very easy particularly around party conference season where all of the politicians just cram together to fight about pure politics to forget that this stuff actually really matters like you know people's mortgages like you know, interest rates affecting people's mortgages matters. These are things that are massively affecting people's lives every day, like people not being able to get food, the fact that, you know, there's a, like nothing's working. Yeah. All the, the trains are on strike, you can't get a passport, No, like nothing's working. And so, yeah, this kind of collapse of the Conservative Party is not just like something that we watch as a, as just something to entertain us. Like this is, these are the this is all having real world consequences and we've got a hope that somebody is going to take control of the situation otherwise anybody yeah. uh not go please um yeah exactly it has a huge impact on people's relationships marriages uh family life mental health goodness knows what else angela says we're still waiting for the 350 million pounds a week for the nhs that was promised on the side of that brexit bus which now seems like Oh, a million years ago, hasn't it? Uh, they're not giving it to the NHS because uh, what they're going to be doing is cutting, uh, at the moment, their plan is to cut about 40 billion from public services, which will apparently cause the NHS an awful lot of problems. And Gordon Brown was saying yesterday, Angela, that that was the equivalent to closing every single school in the country. That's how much 40 billion pounds is. It's a lot. Um, now, Anthony says the real prime minister should have been Kemi Badenoch or Sorella Braverman. They have the balls to do what the British people want. They've certainly got balls. Um, whether or not it's what everyone wants, I don't think there's a lot of popularity for the Rwanda migrant plan, according to the polls. Um, and I also don't think we can accuse Liz Truss of not being ballsy on this. Like, no, we might not agree with what she's done, but she's absolutely gone for it, hasn't she? Yeah. Yes, she's not. She's not holding back. She's not been too ladylike. Let's face it. Mm. Carl says. Carl says. Sorry. Don't all political parties have infighting? Yes, they do. Carl, you're quite right. But the ones who are professional and are somewhere near government, and it's supposed to be the ones in government who have mm. collective responsibility, keep it under the radar. They don't go out and tell Lizzie in the street. They don't wander around like Jacob Rees-Mogg just demolishing things for the hell of it it were that's really unlikely mike says what's the best nickname liz trust has been given so far i have a personal favorite but you wouldn't print it yes it is the truster thing one that we mentioned the other day i quite like cataclysm is not bad or trust mm. but that's it's difficult to say you can spell it but it's catastrophe is it's a hard one what about you you? in the paper doesn't it catastrophe yeah. it's quite hard to say in real life you couldn't do it when you're drunk have you got a <laughs> Oh God! Um, I mean, it's bit—they're all a bit mean, but um, I, I did think that Dominic Cummings calls her the human hand grenade, which I always thought was oh, better than the wonky shopping trolley we did. I don't know. If yes. worse. Shopping trolley followed by a hand grenade is quite bad. Uh, yeah. The one good thing we got to mention before we wrap, actually, when Liz Truss comes out on stage today, apparently she's coming out to a '90s banger. 
uh, hopefully not dancing like Theresa May. What do you think that would be, Lizzie? I think it'll either be champagne supernova in honour of the bankers or never mind. Oh, God. I hope it's things can only get better. Quicker than you can say what the vid's done. Um, <laughs> who knows? But we'll have to wait and see. Sadly, it won't be Yaz because I think she was 80s. But that would be mm. mine if I came out on the stage. A bit of the trumpets. and That's yeah. a good choice. Yeah, good yeah, choice. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Lizzie, for joining us and explaining all that. Good luck with the rest of your day. Don't mainline too much chaos. You will have to come down at some point. Uh, and join us all again next Monday, everybody, for another edition of the News Agenda. In the meantime, uh, Liz Truss's speech will be live streamed on these channels, so keep an eye on those. And if you're listening on podcast, please leave us a review so other people can find us. Thanks very much, everybody. Bye-bye.